Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that. Second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow here at Outkick.com. Glad you're with us. Coming up, we'll dive into some more headlines. Um, and they circle around college basketball and more. Plenty of fights over the weekend, Chad. Yeah. Uh, I've been reading up on this Cam Newton fight. TMZ. TMZ just dropped some knowledge. They've got quotes from the two guys he fought and about the start of the fight and why it happened. It's uh, And this is a, a player. That's what we call in the business a tease. And come Cam, this is Cam Newton, who has gone at other uh, kids, teenagers of the past. Yeah, Cam Newton, uh, based on what these two guys say, he sounds like a clown in this and how he was treating them. Uh, I still wouldn't run at Cam Newton that way no, physically. No, The way these guys did for fear of having happen exactly what happened to them. Yes. Based on his size and athleticism. But Cam Newton does not look great based on their claims of what he said. You know who does look great? Always looks great. Dan Dockage. Don't Bald at me. Bald is beautiful, baby. Don't at me. Dan Dockage. Bald uh, is beautiful. Right here on Outkick.com. Dan, good to see you. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, fellas. Thanks for having me on a Monday. I Busy. Like, I like that sweatshirt in Indiana. I like that. Yeah, it's a Pacers thing. It was a Pacers. They came over uh, to my show, and they gave me a bunch of swag and Tell you the truth, it's so nice here. We got to live like you guys today. It's like 68 degrees, so I was burning a bunch of stuff outside, and I smell, but you can't smell me, so it's good. Well, we 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 now know that yeah. you smell. L- luckily, you this, great, this screen is not a scratch and sniff, so we're good. That's right. If you smell like things there burning, doesn't matter to us. What? But what was the right? What was the uh, the incident? The time that you had a, a fan come at you? Has that happened? A fan come after me? Yeah, just did a court storming or something. Uh, I had a fan uh, cost me my career. I, I uh, we were twelve and two, my second or third last year at Bowling Green after co- struggling for a year or two, and uh, I hit my assistant. We had just beaten Toledo at home. We were down seventeen at half, and. Uh, I told my sister, we just won the game, came back, and a kid named Jermaine Fitz, who only averaged like three points a game, but he was going to be a pro. He he had been hurt. He had two ACL surgeries. He played great. And I knew once we got this kid going, uh, he was going to be the best player in the league for the next two years. He'd already had two ACLs. I go over to shake the hand of the Toledo coach. I go in the back the hallway, and I hear screaming, crowd rush the floor, and my kid Fitz had gotten jumped on the back by a kid named Tyler Swarton, who I, I knew the kid and I liked the kid, but tore my guy's ACL uh, for a third time. And honest to God, uh, I hear a scream and separated the shoulder of my point guard. Somebody jumped on my point guard. This is our own crowd now. And instead of being a 25-win team, we were an 18-win team, and I lost both of the kids while well, I lost Fitch for the rest of his career. He didn't want to go through rehab in a third time, and I didn't blame him. Yeah. And we were just never, you know, Mac, you can't overcome a kid that was, you know, you had kind of recruited around to be that good. So uh, 
Yeah, that's my court storming. So I, I get a kick out of when I hear people say no one's ever gotten hurt. I, I said at the time, no one's going to give a crap about this until it, I literally said until a Duke player gets hurt. Literally said it in a press conference. Nobody's going to care until a Duke player gets hurt. Sure enough, a little Dukey tweaks his ankle, and now we're losing our mind over court storming. Yeah, and I, look, I, I'm skeptical that he's going to miss any time uh, with this uh, ankle sprain uh, that they're claiming and all of this. But, Dan, we were talking about it earlier, and I, I feel like the only way that you really stop it is if it's a forfeit. You know, you make the announcement to the crowd and say, if, if multiple people storm the court, our team loses this game. So you got to know that going in. And that's the only way to do it. But I don't see any league going that far with all of this. Do you think that's ever going to be a possibility? No. And I think Billis's solution where you detain and arrest is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I like Jay. But that's about as stupid as you can do. My father, actually, this is in, – I don't know if this is It's interesting to me. My father was a principal at Calumet High School in Gary, Indiana, and he built this beautiful field house. So the first round of the state tournament is called the sectional, and it's a big deal because it's all schools that are next to each other oh, playing yeah. to advance in the state tournament. We have those in Tennessee, well, too. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. My father uh, said, all right, I'm going to hire the biggest football players that I can, and I'm going to put a rope with about a minute to go in the game. It didn't have to be the championship game because sometimes a smaller school beats a bigger school and people lose their minds. And he had all these big guys about 10 feet apart with this rope. And they all kneeled down, but as soon as the game was over, they picked up the rope around and they just stood there. And nobody rushed to court. Now, I don't know that that would stop college kids, but that's the only thing I saw that made any sense to me, you know, to stop court storming. I don't think detaining and arresting, you know, saying you're going to fine a school $100,000. You think any kids care? In fact, I think most kids would be like, hey, let's cost the school 100000 They don't even think about it. I don't it. know. I, you, yeah, you would think that, you know, players uh, or, or kids would be like, hey, we're going to rush the court, but I'm not going to punch a player. Uh, and you would think that a guy like Filipowski or whatever his name was wouldn't go out of his way to push a player. It's like that kid Jermaine Burton yep. slapped that girl when they rushed the field. I, you would think – that there's some human decency here, uh, but I don't know. You know, I don't know how you stop it. I, even though it cost me a career, I don't know that I want it stopped. It's part of college sports. Just have a little decorum, I guess. But arresting was—I could. I thought. I think Jay Billis was had to be facetious. Uh, yeah, let's just let's just get them all in the court, put a cage around it, and then just start arresting. That's a that seems no. like a solid move to me. By and large, I, I, I'm surprised, Dan. It doesn't happen more often in the heat of the moment. I mean, you know, the, the, the players who will chirp back, there's always a couple guys who will chirp back to fans that are in, the, yeah. in, in attendance. Chad just got through mentioning some guys, uh, some people who went at Cam Newton. I, no one would be dumb enough to go at Cam Newton. Well, people do. I, I think, Dan, and also, it's, uh, it's social it's, media. But I'm, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often where you have more physical altercations. Given the, the whatever is going on in the stands, and the players who, in the heat of the moment, do some things that they know they well, wouldn't do. I think also, Dan, like social media, I think, has just blinded so many people, especially kids of that generation that have only had that their whole life, right? Like, we grew up in an era where, like, if you were going to talk to someone, you had to talk to them face-to-face yeah. -face or call them on the phone. I, I didn't get a cell phone until uh, at the end of high school and into college. And now you've got a lot of kids who do things – that they would normally just do online, yes. and they don't realize there's someone 6'11", 250 that's on the other <laughs> end of it when you go get in their face. And I'm thinking, this is just called an ass-kicking. 
Uh, this is this is what happened when you grew up if you crossed the wrong person. And I think that people get blinded by it and think that all of life is not real. And they utilize real life like social media, and they end up getting slapped and, because of it. Or a player is, is talking or hears from fan A on social media, and fan B, who he sees after the game, represents the fan. You know, that's the other part of it. Well, I, I, I think a lot of this stuff is all phony because if you look at kids, they're just holding up their phones, right, taking pictures. Yep. Uh, look, I've always said, you know, um, people come at me all the time. I've had so many people that come at me on Twitter, and then when they see me, they go, damn, I didn't know you were that big. And, you know, uh, don't at me. That's because most of the. Yeah, I mean, I've had that a number of times. But, you know, the, the thing about it is, we, I don't disagree with you. We've lost such decorum. Like, you want to rush the court? Go cheer with your players. Go cheer with the guys at Wake Forest. Don't interact yeah. with Duke. I, I do think this I, I think the easiest thing in the world to do is like I know all my buddies at ESPN are, you know, indignant about the Wake Forest game management and all that kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. I've always said this. If students want to rush the court, I don't give a damn. If they're dying to do it, 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 you know, they could stop a game. I was at a game actually, Harvard-Yale, where it was at Yale football. A bunch of students came on the field at halftime to protest something. I don't know what the hell they were protesting. And I remember looking at my wife, and we both said, well – uh, if they don't want to leave, this game's over. So, look, I, I would hope that at some point students and and teams see it and say, look, you're good. Like, even in an announcement, you're going to storm the court, but let Duke get the hell out of here. Like, I agree one thing John Shire said. It used to be you stormed the court after the win. These guys and gals are storming the court, and there was still time on the clock. That is more day after a win – like, I saw it – where did I see it? Purdue – I think it was at uh, Nebraska. Painter just said, all right, everybody go. Just, you yeah. know, 10 seconds, get his bench off. You know, and that's cool. Uh, but when you start all of a sudden with, like, there's still time on the clock, you don't have time to get anybody out of there. I would hope that Wake Forest students aren't that stupid the next time. I would hope that, you know what, students that are actually good enough to get into college, because college is kind of difficult now. It seems like everybody is given an A in high school or else their teacher is going to be considered <laughs> racist or sexist or some kind of misogynist or some kind of is. Everybody gets a damn A now, so colleges are full with kids that have good grades. I would hope that those kids are smart enough to say, hey, man, you know, at least wait till the game is over, for crying out loud. But I knew this was going to be a big conversation Going back to 2004, the second a Duke player got hurt, I knew this would be a, this would be a massive. Nobody gave a rat's about Bowling Green player getting hurt, and I'm pissed off about that. Tell you the truth. How the, how do the refs get off the floor? Boy, that is a great great Let's question. Just follow the their referees, plan. the referees have officials that are assigned to them, and like Caitlin Clark, actually, it's kind of funny you mention that because Caitlin Clark has two. Uh, she's like Nick Saban. She has two deputies that are there surrounding her, even in the handshake line, and it's the exact same thing with referees. Those guys are right after. I mean, immediately, immediately, they go to the referees to get them off the court in something like that. Now, maybe not every game, but if you really watch referees, they are so good at getting the hell off of the court away from anything. But in this case, 
there, usually there are two uh, deputies that are assigned to the three referees. They kind of come together and go, and go quickly. Dan, I love what you said about so many people come after you and then see you in public and say, oh, I didn't, I didn't know you were that big. <laughs> I, I have a rule, honestly, online that if someone comes after me online, I only go hard after them if I'm willing to physically fight them. <laughs> I, I, I Honestly, I look up profile pictures. I'll find them on Facebook. And if I see them, I'm like, I, yeah, I want to fight this guy. Then I will go at them and be as disrespectful as they are me because I'm prepared to fight. I feel like so many things in this world – would probably oh calm down if everyone took that approach of, uh, you know, I better be prepared to fight this person physically because if not, then I probably shouldn't say anything to them. Your thoughts? Oh, he said, oh, boy, and then we lost him. He froze up. God, that was such a damn good lead-in to something Dan was, well, Dan was going to crush that I'm also thinking too. of some of the uh, – Dan was going to crush past, that. just some of the, the, the photos that we've seen of, of people. Like, the, you're right. Most of them are. I, if I'm going to ever go – but I'm serious about that. If I'm going to go hard at someone on social media, I, if it's a media member, uh, if it's anyone, I'm not going after anyone that I'm not prepared to There's fight if it came down to it. There's not many media members you wouldn't fight. I'm just well, thinking not about like, in general. Yeah, the ones that I know, there's not a ton. But I'm saying, like, I, you got to be in the right mindset of – you know, you don't want to go after a really old person that, you know, I'm not going to fight this old person. Or right, obviously course, someone very yeah. big, like former football player. If I'm going to go very disrespectful at a football player I know would kick my ass. You're just not going to see me do that. I might disagree with what they're saying, but, you know, they're going to come at me. I'm probably going to go a little bit not as hard back at them. What kills me is, like what Dan said, the people that will come after you <laughs> online, and I'm looking at their photo and I'm thinking – what is going on in this country that someone someone that is your size would talk to someone like me that way without knowing me? Like that, we got to get back to, Dan used the word decorum. Like we got to get back to some level of decorum that you're not just going to hunt into the court stormy. Don't run up to a dude 6'10", well, 260, and scream in their face stuff that you wouldn't normally do. Like that's just not what you do. I think the intent was just running to where everyone else was running, though. You know, again, yeah. this was Battle of the Bastards, Game of Thrones. Style. Right, but I, but you know what I mean. There are guys. I don't think the first guy who hit him intended to hit him. No, they just well, ran into he each hit other. the first guy. I think Filipowski hit the first guy. Well, that's when I, I saw the, the knees uh, bang against each other. Is what yeah. I'm saying. And, and again, then he gets turned around, uh, and then you have the, the the person behind him give him the forearm. Uh, Dan lost power to his home, and he, he opened uh, the the discussion there by saying that he was burning some some things outside because it was a nice day. Hopefully. Uh, Hopefully everything's, Hopefully everything's okay. Casa de, we'll de start our next visit with Dan. Casa de by, um, we'll just replay that question I set him up for yeah. about only going after people you're physically prepared to fight online. I think a lot of issues would be solved if, if people just did that. And they, they, if you went about life online the way you do in person, right? Like the person you're just going to blindly send really mean stuff to or bad stuff to online, pretend that person's standing out in the bar well, that's 15 feet from us right now here at Old Smoky. That's the issue now. Yeehaw. And if you did that, it would probably prevent you from, from saying it. But, uh, and then we'd online, get rid of a lot of stuff. I don't think so. But I'm saying if you went about your online business the way you would in person, things would disappear. But the, I mean, they, you're right because it wasn't happening prior to social media. Right. But social media gave them this, this platform to do it. Yeah. But I'm saying if you took my mentality, but no one, those which people, is I'm not going to go completely hard at someone unless I'm prepared to fight because them. Because they're small. Yeah. It's I mean, the only time but, they can talk trash. 
But if they a did, sports like, just think of how much nicer the world would be. Well, by and large, I think the world is nice. Uh, in person, yeah. That, for the most the part. Storming the court, how many players or one player was injured here? I don't want to see that. How many of those storming the court actually got I, into I think it? the world is way nicer in person than people want to make anything. it out to be. I think the world is mean online. How right? is it possible like, I, to? I think, I think in person, people are way nicer. We talked about the Super Bowl. On Radio Row, yes. like, people are just nice. They are. For the most part. Like Chad, celebrities, guests that are walking around, most everyone is very nice. You know what else is dangerous, but something that ne- never happens that's going to take something happening? Uh, the goalposts. Oh, that's one I've always okay. thought about. But it doesn't happen. No that's going to just impale someone no, at some no point. No one's clamoring for that. No one's talking about that. Well, they're talking about field storming. They don't want fields to be stormed. But they, I mean, they're, they're not stopping 50,000. I mean, I, I, look, ask any Alabama fan that Jermaine Burton was in such harm, physical danger, right. by that girl who, who happened to get a foot away from him that he just had to slap her. This is what Alabama fans will tell you. That, that's the danger. I'm with you, though. It does take one goalpost falling down on and top of what, someone though? to and, hurt somebody. And, and they've come up with like ways that it just kind of breaks apart, but it doesn't break apart until it, it, it breaks apart so you can don't climb it. You know, so that you can remove the goalpost easily because they know that it's going to be removed. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, but it, you had the, the seed at Tennessee from 2022. We're watching this fall. But hey, I, I think uh, uh, Dan, you know, talking about court storming Hutton is just what a great photo here. I know. It's classic. But again, we like, there for, they yeah. want to prevent this from happening. But nothing of this other than Jermaine Burton came about. And that's my point, so, too. Is is by and large, it is just a fantastic moment. Yeah, that now, no one will Dan forget. Dan had an example of he thinks his, his uh, you know, he said his coaching career ended because a star player tore his ACL because a fan stormed the court and jumped on his back. Um, that's an extreme example, but I think Dan is like a lot of coaches. I think coaches don't want it. Sure, I, I think if coaches had their way, it wouldn't happen at any time for anyone. For their players too. Here's the other thing: that, you, that are you know on the winning how side. if a streaker takes the, the field, no network shows it anymore. Right. What, can we show the photo one more time of what happened? What happened when this happened on CBS? CBS stayed for about ten extra minutes to show the scene. Well, in I mean, Knoxville. Well, my the, point is, like, if you're really if you're that disgusted too. by it, then don't show it. Just like you don't show streaking. But here's my ultimate point is the networks want it because it looks good visually. Well, they show the streaking because they can't if you're on the network. Yeah. No, uh, but there are people that run on the field uh, not naked. Naked. Not nude. Naked. Naked. People get mad when a Southern person says naked. Not naked. When people run on the field in any way, they don't show it. Because they're told not to show it because it encourages more people to do it. Right? They want to show this. Well, we were able to show the linebacker for the Rams. Who Was it Wagner? Was it Bobby Wagner who decked the fan who was running on the protester? We showed, we were able to show that. Well, we showed it because the cell phone got it from the crowd. Right, but the we, network didn't show but it. But then we were able to show it. Yeah, but the network doesn't show it. My point well, is the broadcast don't but, show it. But the then, broadcast want to show the goalposts coming down and people storming the field in court because it looks cool. So if you're really serious right. about wanting this to stop – Network should stop showing it. You should forfeit the game because of it. You should up the fines. You should do all those things. They're not going to do it. No. They're not going to do it. The ACC doesn't have a fine right now for it, so they're not going Which to do it. Which is also, to your point, uh, you, you're right, that the only way to, to really get rid of it is to you have to forfeit the game. Yeah. But the, the conference that doesn't even have anything in place currently is all of a sudden going to have the harshest penalty for it? No. 
Not happening. Not not going to happen. Also, who wants the who wants the NCAA tournament to expand? I don't. Not I don't want to see it get larger. Um, Jay Billis had a rant. Dan brought him up. Billis had a rant about this too. Like, you know, with all the the discussion about we're, we're going to eventually see a sixteen team college football playoff because ESPN is going to want the inventory because they can sell it. They can sell off individual games now. Um, I don't want to see the tournament expand, and we're going to we're about to start this discussion because ESPN now has their college football playoff contract, the rights to have these games for the next six years. And it ponies up with when TNT and CBS, their contract expires or will be up for bid for the NCAA tournament. And I'm sure the structure will be much of the same. They'll want the structure the same where whoever wins this bid, they want to be able to have a portion of it that they can then sell to another network. I don't want this. It is really, really good right now. I don't think it can get better just based on the transfer portal by expanding the tournament. It got great last year, I think, because of the portal, by and large. Uh, A I, lot I, of parity, and the, the tournament's awesome. Let, let's see it play out this year, but just because something is so, so perfect doesn't mean by adding another group of four or eight or, you know, God forbid, doubling it, that it's going to be the same scenario. We have to stop this. We, we have to stop it. We have to stop messing with great things. Because we think we can squeeze a little bit more money right. out of it. Because th- that is, Mark Cuban once said the NFL is going to get slaughtered because the pig is going to get too fat on everything they're doing. That's not anywhere close to happening. But we have to stop messing with perfection because we think we can make more money from a television network or because we're going to have more teams involved or whatever it is. The NCAA tournament is holy ground as far as I'm considered. I consider it. Do not mess with it. Those first two days of the tournament are two of the best sports days of the year in these United States of America. Do not screw with it. 68 teams is a good number. It allows for big-time upsets, Cinderella stories. Hutton's right. The transfer portal's helping it. It has. NIL's helping it. We get to know guys in college more. They stay longer for the tournament. You got bigger storylines going. Do not mess with it. Just because you can milk a little bit more money out of it, please, I beg you. And this is where the NCAA controls it, because Charlie Baker is saying that there that the possibility, the opportunity to expand the tournament, quote, is 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 uh, he's he's for it. There's an opportunity to do it, quote, if it's done with care. Um, and then he goes yep. on to say, most of the people who follow college sports think the NCAA tournament is perfect, right? So anything that's done to change it needs to be done with care and consideration. No, there should be nothing done to change it. You just answered your own question. Because it's perfect. Yeah, he answered his question. It, most people perfect, think it's perfect. Why, why screw it up? Absolutely. Don't mess with it. Um, Patino, his comments have been perfect recently. But our guy, John Fanta, uh, grabbed him in the, uh, in the corridor after their win against Creighton. And has he changed his tune on how bad his team is? We've got that coming up, plus more on Hot Mike. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. 
It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Sixth and Peabody, our location, Outkick Studios, Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Yeah, beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. They get it done. They really do. They're great to us. We love the partnership. We love being here every day, especially when it is 70 degrees and sunny. The Nashville There's an Tennessee. energy to that, right? No doubt. It, it, always. Always yeah. the energy there. We've got Alpha's and Beta straight ahead, too. There's uh, also the energy of Joe Kinsey will appreciate this. I'm actually starting to see my grass grow, oh, and yeah. there's a tree in my backyard starting to bloom. And I'm thinking, when am I going to have the first mow of the season? What's the, what's the shirt right now? Make mowing great again? Is that what it is? Make lawns great again? I think it's, yeah, make uh, make lawns. Yeah, I think you got it right. Make lawns great again. The um, Thursday Night Mowing League with it's Joe back. Kinsey. It's almost time. I, I'm, I'm a subscriber to this theory, this method of, of mowing the lawn. But I do dread the, lawn. the earlier and earlier like oh, yeah. start to it. Because I'm thinking, I know that I'm mowing the yard. During before conference Augusta. basketball tournaments. Before Augusta. Oh, every year. No, it's, it's usually right around like SEC tournament. I'm going to be mowing the yard always at try some to point around then. I always try to put it off, and then you see the Masters. You're like, man, it just gives you this feeling. Oh, you, that's, you wanted to go out and mow the yard. That's a day where you watch Friday the Masters. Yeah. You're up at 6 a.m. on Saturday at Home Depot or Lowe's. Pristine. And you're going to get like mulch. different things to mulch, and oh, I got to make my yard look great. Yeah, you're going to get to get it's the ultimate to get, inspiration. Uh, no squirrels allowed. Right. That's the thing. That not a bug, a squirrel, not no trash. When you walk the, the hollowed grounds of Augusta National, you don't see you don't see an animal. Our old uh, you'll see a bird. Our old compadre uh, Paul Kuharski, PK, once dumped ice, poured his ice in out. the straw, the pine straw on the course, and immediately regretted it. <laughs> and for Paul to immediately regret something, he doesn't regret much. To immediately regret something, you knew it was bad because we all kind of like stopped. What are you doing, man? We looked around like, I don't think you need to do that here. There's a trash can over there. You should do it there. But even he's, I, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I shouldn't have done to, that. Uh, to immediately try to get the eyes You could up. tell there were certain people, uh, their ears raised that looked around. Oh, who's this guy and what's he doing? Rick Pitino, he had the, the comments of it being the, <laughs> I mean, I'm all for uh, Rick Pitino and, and the, the blunt honesty that he had about the, the most, Unenjoyable, I believe, was the word. Unenjoyable part of his career. He's pretty miserable with this season with St. John's, and it's not like they're it's not Louisville, you know. Uh, they picked up a win over the weekend against Creighton, and our guy Fanta, John Fanta, of the field of sixty-eight, 
he, uh, I believe he was covering the game, called the game. And then after the game, got Patino one-on-one and, and ended up asking him about his, uh, well, he's not enjoying coaching this team. And he wanted to know and get his take on the fact after well, they actually picked up a win. What a difference a Sunday can make. Last Sunday, we know what happened, and this Sunday, and I know you have a lot of thoughts on that. What, what would you, you know, explain? John, my, my explanation is I was trying to rattle these guys, yeah. get them going, was never to pick on them at all. We, this is the closest I've had a team from coaches and players. We are as close. We love each other tremendously. But i got to do certain things. But today, in this society, in this world, um, you can't do certain things, and so the only thing you can do is be man enough to apologize. If, if, if other people think it's wrong, apologize. Um, it didn't affect our team, uh, negatively or positively, but it affected whether it affects the fans, whether it affects somebody else. you got to buy. You, you know, it feels good when you apologize. It feels good. It always, because you're, you're, you're man enough to say, nope, not right. It's, it's a different ball game today than it was when you 20, 30 years ago, if this is the way society wants to create the rules, then follow the rules. What that is is what that is. But what your guys showed you today how close-knit they are, and they said that post-game. We, we've, they would never have bothered by it either way. Uh, they, what I was trying to build, more than anything else, I wanted them to hate losing as much as I hate losing. I think that's really important in a culture. I think UConn has that. They, they hate losing. They stayed number one for so long. And you've got to hate losing to build a culture. And and I wanted to put that across, but I, w- I was stopped. And that's okay. That's okay. We move on. My God, I could not love Rick Pitino more than right now because he is just totally the guy who's saying, I am sorry that you are offended. I am sorry that you were weak. I am sorry that the wussification of America has taken hold and that you, you people in the media – have a problem with this, but I'm trying to get a message across to my basketball team. And you're uh, also uh, they've slow won since then. Laterally, huh? you're also slow laterally. Yeah, I mean, I've told my guy in practice he's slow uh, laterally over and over again. He knows, but I'm trying to send a message. And you know, when the society tells you that you got to apologize, <laughs> I just, I guess, I apologized. Translation: I didn't mean a damn word of that apology. I would say it well, again. And if this was 1989 and I said all of that, it would not be as big of a deal, but it became a big deal because everyone makes it a bigger deal. And I'm, I really am not sorry for it because my desired message got across to my St. John's team and we've been winning since. But if you've got a problem with it, I guess I should apologize because everyone in America in 2024 apologizes for everything. So I'll do the same. I love Rick Patino. Yeah. And I mean, it, it went away that whole thing. Well, they could, Based on the way his team responded, too, you should. Of course, and also I don't. I'd say like, hey, the results have worked out okay. But the the he more or less said the same thing that what he said last week was. I I don't regret what I said, and I'm also speaking to the team while I'm at the. But and he was like, I'm not, you know, angered or upset. I'm not, you know, bashing. I'm just speaking to the team, and I'm having just a normal tone of voice. He tried to yeah, he make it work for the 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 paper, the, the media company that was asking the questions. He's like, I tried to get him to understand, the reporter. Like, hey, I'm calm here. I'm not irate. And he wasn't. He spoke about that just like he did there with Fanta. I uh, hope to get Fanta on later this week, Jeff. 
Fance is great. I think he's going to join us on Wednesday. Uh, don't want to jinx it, but we'll talk to him about that. But look, Rick Pitino is very old school in how he approaches coaching and messages he's sending. And I mean, I, I laughed at what he said. It's not how most coaches would go about it, certainly not today, and be that blunt and honest. But as I said then, I'll state again, I'm never going to crush a guy for being honest because we want coaches and players to show honesty and be honest about situations, and he did that, and you can't argue with the results. St. John's has been winning ever since he did that, so he has not lost this team. He's not lost the locker room. It's good that he comes back and compliments them also with Fanta, sure. yeah. and he's he's he knows how to balance it. I mean, the guy has been around and winning. He's won national championships at multiple places. He, he knows how to work it, and he's doing that once again at St. John's. Chad, uh, Cam Newton is arguing – with players involved in his uh, present at a youth football camp over the weekend. This, I looked this up because I was like, I'm pretty sure he got into it with other campers in the past. And he did. This was 2021 where he got into it with a, this was a, a linebacker, I think, from a high school in Pennsylvania. Uh, yes, it was from per- Percomian Valley High School in Pennsylvania. He uh, this is 2021 where he taunted Newton from the sideline, called him a free agent. And then Newton responded several times, I'm rich. <laughs> and, and then told the player he was about, he was about to be poor. <laughs> so, uh, so this th- is, he, then the, then the player apologized for going at him. So this is uh, a step bu- above, if not at the top of the ladder, because it was a brawl that broke out at this youth football. But camp. Hutton, let me, let me take it from here okay. because you had just gave the perfect segue. Okay. Cam Newton yells at high school kid, I'm rich. This is a common refrain from Cam Newton, apparently. Okay. Because we got the video. We'll show it right now. Cam Newton gets accosted by two coaches of an 18U football team, flag football team. Cam Newton does what Cam Newton should do to these guys and just dispenses of them like they're four-year-olds and throws them aside like they're children yep. because that's what happens when you're the size of Cam Newton, who we saw on Radio Row, and every time I oh. see the guy, I'm mesmerized by his size. He looks like Miles Garrett. Field view of we him We saw Miles Garrett and him, and he's, he's bigger than Miles Garrett. I'm pretty sure. He, he was running through defensive ends when he was playing for the Panthers. Yeah. I was on the side. It was crazy. He looks like a defensive end. You're right. So TJ and Steph Brown are the two guys that get in the fight with him. TMZ. Always on the story. Always on the case. They got with TJ and Steph Brown. Coaches for top shelf performance. Where Cam used to help out. So they claim that it was trash talk that got out of control. That was started by Cam Newton. Says it just should never have gotten to that. Adding Cam had been jawing at him throughout the weekend. And demanding they place a wager on the game. Quote. Cam jumps out of his car and yells. Hey. All that sorry all that sorry shit, I ain't going to work today. What we betting today? What we betting? I'm like, I ain't betting you, bro. I already beat you three, four times. You got to beat me first. He says, what are we betting? I got plenty of money. I ain't never running out of money. This is from Cam Newton again. That's when I told him, this from the other two guys, that's your problem. All you talk about or care about is money. You think money is everything. You can't buy me. And I walk away. Then he claims afterward, he comes up to him, and he keeps talking trash to him, keeps talking trash. It eventually led to this. And TJ and Steph Brown say, look, we hate that it got to that, 
but it was all instigated by Cam Newton, and because he treats people like human garbage, because they don't have as much money as him, things like this escalate. But this is something, too. We've not heard Cam's side of it yet, It's but this is the other side of the it's story. It's based off of, in the case of the football camp, this seven-on-seven deal, it was his own camp in 2021. This player was saying, you're a free agent, you're broke, you're about to be broke. For whatever reason, he was talking trash to Cam Newton at, at Newton's football camp. Yeah. And that's when he got into his uh, – I'm going to send this to Davey because there's video of the, him talking trash, the player, to Cam Newton. From well, them. and there's uh, – And there's also this, – this stems back to, I believe it's the day before, where the coaches of this team posted something on Instagram and uh, talking about this, this past weekend, and it said um, th- this team ended up the victors posting a cele- – uh, they were celebrating the video on Instagram – Proving they're capable of, quote, standing on business, quote unquote, if things get chippy, just like Newton. And then Newton responded on that video and said, love in all caps, and how he types out his sentences with all these different fonts. Um, So then that stems from like the the tent at the top of the hill and he's throwing gear or whatever. Bizarre. And it also looked like he's wearing a witch's hat. Did you see this? Yeah, it never never moved. It never moved. He had his hair through the top of it. Is he a witch? Maybe he is a witch. Maybe that's why it never moved in, in this tussle, in this fight. This Look, is ridiculous, I, it, all it, in it, all. It's amazing to watch Cam Newton just throw dudes off of him left and right. And I would never, especially if I were these guys, not nearly as big as Cam, run up on Cam Newton no. that way. It's also not cool to just go up to people, if this is true, what these guys are saying, and just immediately start with the insult of, you're poor, I'm rich, I will tell you what to do, let's bet a lot of money on this. And when they say, I'm not going to bet money, and the comeback is, well, I'm rich. I could never lose enough money. You got no money. I don't know that that's the way to talk to people either. But, I mean, in the end, Cam Newton settled it with his witchcraft hat not moving and just throwing dudes left and right. No matter what happens in that moment, you're not going after Cam Newton. Well, you should. I know. Let this be a lesson. I mean, there's... Let this be a lesson. You ask the average NFL player from his era... Give us the guy that you're just like, man, this guy is just uh, not just country strong, but but superpowers, you know, superhuman. Newton's at the top of the list. Yeah, he's up there. Vic w- was on this list, too, just based on how he could move. Yeah, at the quarterback I would not spot. want to fight him. No. Chad coming up, alphas and betas. And there's an alpha without kick named Clay Travis. I'll explain why based on where I was this weekend. That's yeah, next. physical evidence of this, next right? Next on Hot Mike, yes. Sixth and Peabody, our location, Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike, Honey Withrow, rolls on. Wrapping up a, a fast-paced show today. We've got uh, the top stories of the weekend. We tied in with alphas and betas. And it's the great and the awful. We start with the great. Rick Barnes, alpha of the weekend, Chad. His 800th win, and he gets the revenge against Buzz Williams. We were uh, was, uh, in Florida with a, a lot of Aggie fans. They were eager to find this game. Had to tie in a lot of different cords and outlets and try to figure out how to stream this. We did. Right uh, around, uh, I would say, the seven or eight minute mark of the second half. And Barnes picks up win number 800. Well, at seven, eight minute mark of the second half, Tennessee was up probably 30, 35. Yes, it was. Uh, They won by 35. Here's the lesson. Uh, Deacon Rick Barnes, don't cross this man 
when it comes to game rules and acting a fool. Because in game one, Buzz Williams, we watched this on the flight back from Vegas from yes. the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, his team won fair and square. They were better than Tennessee in College Station that first game. And it looked like a bad matchup for Tennessee, but he looked like a moron when he ran on the court to try to get a timeout called and nearly ran right into one of Tennessee's players. You thought Kyle Filipowski got leveled when he sprained his ankle by all the Wake Forest students. Buzz Williams, head coach, took the court and nearly knocked over players in doing so. And Rick Barnes was pissed. And he said it should be a technical. And it's it's inexcusable they didn't call a technical. The league agreed with him. Buzz Williams didn't disagree with him. He said, whatever the league has said, we stand behind. You know, we're moving on. And he said a lot of nice things about Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes repaid that deed by beating Texas A&M by 35 points in Knoxville in a, a just wonderful performance by Tennessee top to bottom. Rick Barnes gets 800. Tennessee posted a video of Mike uh, uh, um, uh, Tom Izzo, um, Mark Few, Hubert Davis, Roy Williams, a lot of who's who of college basketball wishing him well after the 800th win. So congrats to Rick Barnes in Tennessee for the big win. Uh, another alpha chat is uh, our fearless leader, Clay Travis. Uh, in Alice Beach over the weekend, he shot me a text. Kind of describe it. It would have been helpful just to know the street name. Uh, but it took me a while to find. You mean Clay didn't give you all the details I, or something? I went on a scavenger Shocking, hunt. knowing Clay as long as I have, that he would not give you every detail hey, of something. It, it worked out. I did follow this meticulously. I was texting with uh, Clay and Chad over the weekend that uh, in Alice Beach, I was going to find his home. Uh, he was there, I believe, last week. And he said, hey, you can just access the house, go in, because they're building Alpha based on the location of this. Here's a, the view from the second floor of Clay's beach home in Alice Beach and the view of the water, the private beach. And you can Google and search Alice Beach for everything else and all the amenities uh, that you would like. They'll, they'll meet you on the beach and build a sandcastle for you if you want to text and say you need something uh, across there. Uh, props. And if he's blocked on the other side, Chad, he's going to have a little outlook, a little perch on top so he can be above the other homes to have the perfect view of the water. Props, Clay. This is, it was awesome. And I, it's under construction. I was climbing different ladders and uh, people are with like, don't go up there. I'm like, I have to go up here and see this. Much like Cam Newton, Clay walks into little kid tournaments and taunts people with his money and says, bet me. Let's bet. What's the bet? You're about to be broke. And bro. says, I have m- more money than you. I can never go broke. That's Clay's taunt everywhere he goes. I'm kidding. Clay never uh, I did does have that, one but person, congrats to Clay. I did have one person come up to me and say, and I didn't know uh, the details. I didn't even think about this in register. Say, I thought you left last weekend. And it was the one person that thought uh, it was Clay. It strikes again. I, I don't know Clay how. If they, and Hutton if are they the same saw person. Him, they, they clearly talked to him last weekend. Well, how many times and, does it happen here where someone thinks you're Clay when they come by the studio here? It happens all the uh, time. I would say... It's starting to get less and less, but two, it does happen. Uh, well, we're about to enter the spring break and then summer season. Spring break's a big time for Clay Travis impersonators. So that's going to be a big, uh, uh, big season for Hutton. Selling some gear and some books. I'll carry them around and I can sign a perfect autograph. Big C with just a line. That's the autograph I sign of Clay. Alpha. Uh, and Chad, someone that you saw with Clay briefly at the Super Bowl, Shane Gillis hosted SNL. 
Yeah, uh, I, I went back and watched this. I'm a huge SNL fan and a bit of a historian of, of the show. So I, I go back years and years and have seen a lot I, of it. I was. I, I am of the, of the past. Yeah, I, I'm fine with – now I catch it more and, okay, there's a really funny um, off-site video pre-record okay. done that or I watch. Or Nate hosting. Yeah, or uh, it could be any host, but, oh, this is a funny premise for a sketch. I watch it and I yeah, like it. Yeah. Um, Shane Gillis was good. He was a little bit nervous to start, I thought, and it's natural because that is a big spotlight regardless of how much people want to make fun of SNL. It is one of the, if not the most iconic comedy setups and stages in the history of the United States. When you step on the stage at Studio 8H, and that's what he did. I thought it was a little bumpy to start with his monologue, but it got better and better as it went along. I thought his sketches, all but one of them worked. Unfortunately, it was the first one out of the gates. I thought okay. it was the worst. But every other sketch he did, uh, they did a parody of um, Rock Bottom Kings, and it was of DraftKings, and he was in Vegas, and it was a parody of <laughs> a DraftKings or FanDuel commercial, but it was guys betting on their buddy who's a degenerate gambler how he's going to hit Rock Bottom gambling, and you could take odds on how he's going to do it. That's you know, awesome. Betting That's on obscure good. WNBA games and – losing his daughter's college fund, doing it, uh, you know, getting divorced because he takes the mortgage and, and spends it on or, uh, Australian rules football. All these different what was things. The, what was really the, good. The, uh, the boys' soccer team that was facing uh, a really – Young boys? Young boys club. Yeah, we found out about young boys last week from Colin. That was <laughs> – He told us all about young boys. It was. It's a soccer club, I believe, but just for clarification, I, for I, Colin's purposes. You leave it up to your imagination. It was available to bet. I know that. Yeah, young boys. Young boys. You can bet on them. Uh, I thought it was the like the 17U farm. That's team what I thought too for the team that was playing. Yeah. I thought they were playing their kids. I, but no, I there's agree. a there's a team called Young Boys. It's uh, a Swiss team, Swiss club. Beta, but this, the, and this goes without saying. But there's a there was a, a, a killing of a nursing student who was out for a run, and uh, this is in Athens. And what, what's up with Athens? Uh, going out, you get all the street racing and all that, and then this has been an, uh, an issue. Where uh, women out for a run are either you know being harassed, uh, messed with, and in this case, uh, you've got a 24-year-old Carol Caps who was uh, who was murdered tragically. They've got Jose Antonio Ibarra on suspicion of murder. But yeah, what, what's up with Athens? We're, we're going to talk to Mary Catherine Ham tomorrow, right, Davey, about this. Yeah, tomorrow Mary Catherine Ham's going to join us, so we'll uh, we'll dive into the story more. But um, inexcusable, inexcusable for the news not to report the news because well, they think part of the story doesn't fulfill whatever angle they're looking for in the story. So, yeah, and it's not the uh, it doesn't meet the narrative. They're, right, they're and that's for. that's inexcusable. We'll talk to Mary Catherine Ham tomorrow about it. Um, Chad, Alabama basketball. Alabama basketball gave up uh, 117 at Kentucky. Kentucky was in triple digits with seven and a half, eight minutes left in the game. I went to a daddy-daughter dance on Saturday. Shout out DCA. Great event. Great daddy-daughter dance. I was with seven other dads and our little girls getting ready to go to this elementary daddy-daughter dance. Great photo. We're at a country club. And uh, uh, shout out to me, country club. Yep, not a member, but know a member. And we're looking on the televisions, and we're all watching Alabama-Kentucky trying to take bets on how high the score can go against Alabama. Oh, it's an NBA Alabama game, 
is the number one offense, Ken Palm adjusted offense in America, 97th ranked defensive team. Mm. In America, it will cost them. It cost them at Rupp Arena on Saturday. And we saw this in, in Knoxville. Yeah, it was 103-91 was the final. We're going to see it. But you can. It wasn't in Knoxville. It was in Lexington. We're going to no. see it in Knoxville, too, when Kentucky plays Tennessee at the end of the year. No, I'm saying from Alabama's perspective. Oh, yeah. No, they From can, Alabama's perspective. They can give up some easy Knoxville. shots. Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah, yes, they right. do. And I can't wait for the matchup against Kentucky. You are correct. Um, True Detective, bringing back who you don't want them to bring back, Chad. I, I have not watched this new season because of Chad and Davey and what they have said, and maybe what they haven't said about this, this season of the True Detective series. So Issa Lopez was we, the showrunner okay. for True Detective Night Country. It was announced after this show ended, which not many people, even people who are huge defenders, supporters of Issa Lopez, hated the finale. And really didn't like the last two or three episodes. I thought this was a show that was really good in episode one. Okay. Pretty good in episode two and three. And once they get to the top of the mountain, where you then have to start going downhill to solve the mysteries, to get to the end, it was terrible. In episodes four, five, and six of doing that. It's tough to be bad at this, at this, with this premise on six uh, episodes. On six episodes. Well, it's... I think you needed eight episodes. Okay, that, that's my argument. You cannot get into character exposition in six episodes. I didn't care enough about the characters in, in order to have a big wow moment because of that. Anyway, we're getting into the weeds with it. Issa Lopez is back for season five of True Detective. It's part of an overall deal. Okay. So it's part of something. She's going to uh, develop another show that's not True Detective related. I understand that it did. it was a hit. They had tons of viewers. It, is the, it was more watched than the first season of True Detective. But that's because the layoff, the delay, Jodie Foster, a big part of it, the draw to it. But it's a hit, so they're going to bring her back. Um, I hope it's better than this last season, A True Detective. Man, more watched than season one? Yeah. And it was way more watched. I would love to know. The finale was more watched than the premiere, which is also a big sign of a hit. Season one of True Detective is glorious. It's a masterpiece. It's awesome. And Chad went back and watched it again. I did. I need to watch it, this latest one? Yeah, you go back and watch it. No, the uh, the latest one. I yeah, thought. yeah, you can watch it. Season five. Yeah. No, I want you to suffer like me and Davey suffer. No, I don't need to. And watch it. Just go watch. I it. I don't need to. Chad finished it though. Do it. Watch it. Jodie Foster's terrific. I told you my rule about Jodie Foster. She's great uh, in everything. I see her in a movie or a, a show, and I think Nell. You play Nell one time, and you're out. <laughs> that, that's uh, Hutton believes that Jodie Foster is that character from here on out. She is now. My wife believes that Tom Hanks is Forrest Gump. She cannot watch anything Tom Hanks is in. And I have to tell her, you realize it's a character, right? We're not playing characters. We're real. We'll be back at it tomorrow. See ya. Easter.